Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcomed questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we'll take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join our host as we get real with ourselves, with God, and with you. On the podcast today, we'll continue with a sermon titled Longing for God. But why are angels so fascinated by man's salvation? The most likely explanation is that they're amazed and astonished by the way that God solved the problem of sin. The cross was the means by which God provided His Son as a righteous substitute to pay the penalty for sin while upholding His holy standard. Peter literally said that they looked with amazement at the redemption of any human being that will repent of their sins and put their trust in Jesus as Savior. The Bible tells us that such fascination goes on in heaven. The apostle Peter pulled back the curtain and let us peek in a little bit. And he said the angels were gazing at God's plan of redemption. The Bible said that they, they've seen things which angels desire to look into. That Greek word look into literally means to stoop and look with curiosity. They don't understand it. You don't understand the privilege that you've been given to have a heart that can go after God. They never understand it. They look and they're that part of that great cloud of witnesses and they look with curiosity. Have you ever seen somebody look trying to figure something out, especially tourists? I used to do it all the time. I'd just walk in somewhere and start looking. Then everybody else start looking. I'd walk away. <laughs> I just love messing with people. <laughs> but they don't understand what you have. You don't know the privilege it is to be able to have a heart that can go after God. I got one more and I'm done. And Jacob, this is for you. If this sermon wasn't for anybody else today, it's for you, Jacob. God began to show me that this was you earlier. This is a psalm of David regarding a time when David was also still in the wilderness of Judah. He said, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. Guys, there's a difference between searching and singing. There's a difference between searching and, and just feeling. Lord, I search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Jacob, this is you. I lie awake thinking of you. Meditating on you through the night. Because you're my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me, they'll come to ruin. 
They'll go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. Thank you, Jesus. But the king will rejoice in God. All who trust in him will praise him while liars will be silenced. Jacob, when I was standing over here during worship earlier, that scripture came to my mind and I could see you laying in bed at night. And I could see your heart longing, just longing for God. Just God for God. And I want you to know something, brother. I believe God's calling you because he's seen you, your heart for God and how you long for God and how you literally ache for God. And people don't even know that about you. They don't fully understand that about you. But God sees that and God takes joy in that. And God wants you to know he wants you to come a little closer. And God wants you to know that he wants to do something great in your life. That you're getting ready to take another step because after all that's the job requirements that's the resume God's looking for God doesn't care about your ability but your availability God wants to know you God wants you God wants you God wants you to want him this has to be reciprocated pastor this has to be reciprocated are you longing for God today do you ache literally ache to be with him not to be in church, that's part of it. I hope y'all don't misunderstand what I'm saying when I say this stuff. But you gotta understand, I have preached in literally hundreds of churches. I've preached in Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Episcopal Methodist, I don't even know what that is. They did something funny with the money and they took the offer and they throwed it up and I don't even know what was going on. I preached in a Presbyterian church, I'm not kidding you, over 100 years old, made out of hand-hewn white oak logs. And the pastor asked me to do communion with him after service. So he had me hold a little goblet of wine. Grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm sitting there holding it. And they, he holds a thing of bread. Everybody comes up, breaks off a piece of bread, dips it in the wine and eats it. And I'm sitting there going, that's, that's gross. Because you remember, I'm up here and I see everything going on. So I see all this and this. And then I see you do this. And I'm like, this is not of God. There is no way this is of God. I've seen it all, okay? I've seen it all. That's why I say this. That's why I, I, I tell you that it's not just about coming to church because I see people going through the motions and the same thing happened with the tabernacle. Oh, I sinned. Better get me a lamb. Well, that one's not exactly pure, but it'll do. I'll give God not my best but whatever's left you know I've goofed around all week and I'll come to church and eh, we'll see what happens it's not about what happens here it's about what's going on in your heart that's why I say that that's why the Lord told me stop going and preaching everywhere just because they ask you to preach go where you have relationships that's why I'm here this morning that's why I've been hazard tonight because I have a relationship with these churches and with these people. I don't go just anywhere when the phone rings. I won't come. Don't ask me to come preach a revival. I want to hear from the Lord, Odie. Imagine that. I want to ask God if I'm supposed to come. When did we get away from that? How many times did the phone ring and I go and I'm sitting in service and before the service starts, the Lord said, what are you doing here? Uh, well, I'm a preacher. And they asked me to preach. 
Lord said, you didn't ask me. I was like, uh-oh. I'm already here, God. What do you want me to do now? He said, cut it out. I, that don't sound spiritual, though, does it? No, we got to go somewhere. we got to preach all the time. We're in church so much, we never see lost people. We'll say amen or owe me one. Is that right? I realized a few years back, I told my wife, I said, we don't have any lost friends. How are we going to win anybody by the Lord if we never even talk to lost people? So we started fasting and praying for our neighbor. I said, well, it's on us. If our neighbors go to hell, it's our fault. So we started fasting, Ernie. You remember that fast we went on? We were fasting for our neighbor, fasting, praying for him. He called me one day. He said, I was coming back from Hazard and just something come in my vehicle. And I started weeping and crying. I couldn't stop. And I come home and I just dove in the floor. And I gave my heart to Jesus. I said, let me tell you something. You don't know it. I've been fasting for 21 days for you that you give your life to Jesus. And he came to know the Lord. Let me tell you something. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. How many neighbors live around you? It's going to go to hell while you're in here doing your little dance and falling around and getting all caught up in the lies. You don't just feel like it. Worshiping today, well, just get over it. I don't live here, so I'm leaving today, so I'm just going just gonna to hit you and run. Sorry, Pastor. Just mop up after me when I'm done. If they'll come to the music, I'm done. I really am. I'm just talking to you from my heart tonight. What are you talking about? I'm talking about longing for God. Well, maybe you don't long for God. We've all been there, don't we? Haven't we? You just get caught up in life, caught up in work and school and kids and the next thing you know, you know, you're, you're not longing for God. You're not passionate for His presence or just to be with Him, just to, to know Him, just to experience Him. You're doing this, this thing in life, and you, you've, you've lost focus. We've all done that. And if you, if you haven't done that yet, you, you probably will because you're human just like we are. Amen? Anybody here not human? I never really get a lot of hands when I ask that. We're all human, ain't we? We've all got flesh, and we've all got a sin nature, and we all do goofy stuff, and we all mess up, and we all blow it, and we fail, and we do things that 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 we're ashamed of, and we dishonor God, and we do all, all, all of us do that. We all do that. What I want to encourage you to do as a church and encourage you to do as an individual is do what David did. Even if you're in a, a point in your life, like, like, like Karen was saying earlier, God wants you to change your focus. Do you know whatever you focus on gets bigger? Do you ever notice that? You'll be walking by the mirror and you're getting ready to go somewhere and you'll spot a zit. Hey, God, you walk back over there, and next thing you know, it looks like, like it's got a face. And then your wife gets a hold of it. And by the time you leave the house, it looks like the exit wound of a 38 hollow point slug. <laughs> You've been there? Started out, just had a, just a little zit right here. By the time you leave the house, I'm, you walk in, people are like, whoa! 
Why? Because you got so hung up on that, so focused on it. What you focus on gets bigger. If you're focusing on your problems today, they're going to get so big that you're not going to see any way around. David was in a forced absence from the presence of God. He was surrounded by people who said, hey, buddy, where's your God at now? I thought you were believing for healing. Looks like you're getting sicker to me. You preaching faith. What do you mean you don't have gas in your car to get home? What, where, where, where's your God at now? They said, man, my heart pants for him. When can I come, God, and be, stand before you? You know the great thing today? David longed to be in the tabernacle with God and all of that. We are the tabernacle of God. If you want to be with God, all you got to do is look inside. All you got to do is, he lives inside of if you know him. If you're truly his, you've got his spirit. You're his child. If you're not his today, you can fix that too. Do you long to be with God? Maybe you don't know what it is. You're miserable. You're mis- you can't sleep at night. You're disgusted at yourself. You hate what you see in the mirror. You hate the person you become. Sin will do that to you. God's dealing with your heart. God's wooing you with his spirit. And you know what you got to do. Like I said earlier, there's a solution to every problem. If you're a sinner, you got to stop sinning. Well, how do you do that? You got to repent of your sin. What does that mean? That means to have a change of mind and character. That means to stop sinning. That means if you're committing adultery, you stop committing adultery. That means if you're stealing, you stop stealing. If you're lying, you stop lying. But you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and He will cleanse you from all of your sin and unrighteousness. That's how that works. Jesus didn't promise you a better life. That's another lie that's being preached in the, in the church today. If you were called to preach a sermon on September the 10th, 2001, on the 100th floor of the World Trade Center, what would you tell them? Oh, Jesus loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. He wants to give you joy, peace, and love, and hope. You've got this God-shaped hope in your heart, and only God can feel that He wants you to be happy. But what was God's plan for their life? The next day, some of them leapt, earning a hundred stories to their death. Some of them were burned alive. What they need to hear is, you've got to flee the wrath that is to come. The wrath of God abides on the children of disobedience. You've broken God's commands. God hates sin, folks. Not Christian. Not, not, God's not okay with people that pray to prayer and sin. All liars will have their part in the lake of fire. All drunkards. All fornicators. All adulterers. All of them. All means all. Whether you pray to prayer or went to Sunday school or not, we're all going to stand before a holy just God. And he's going to give us what we justly deserve. But the good news, oh man, and there is good news. It's called the gospel. Somebody paid you fine. Now God can legally dismiss your case because somebody paid for it. Because a judge demands justice and payment for penalty. See, the thing you think is going to save you on the day of judgment, God's goodness, 
is going to be the very thing that's going to send you to hell. Because a just God and a just judge and a holy judge can't overlook wrongdoing. That's a corrupt judge. What do you think about a judge that takes bribes and let murderers and child molesters go free? They're, they're not just. They're not good. They're corrupt. And God is not corrupt. He is perfect and holy and righteous and everything good. And because of that, when you stand before Him with sin in your life and you rejected the payment that He paid for that sin, He has no other recourse but to give you what you justly deserve, and that's hell. And that's the truth that a lot of people don't have the guts to tell you. That's the truth. You better escape the wrath of God that's coming on your life. Are you trying to scare me? Well, you better be scared. Your worst nightmare doesn't compare to when you stand before God. It doesn't compare to a million lightning bolts going off all around you. When you stand trembling for a holy, righteous, and merciful God that knows that He did everything in His power to redeem you, but you are so full of yourself, you went your own way, and you're going to get just what you deserve. As a tree falls, so shall it lie. Who am I talking to this morning? Who am I talking to this morning? Who are you that needs to hear this? Who needs to make things right with God this morning? I think I'm okay. Don't think so. No, so. I might be all right. This ain't a my kind of thing. This is for keeps. So here's what I want you to do. Every head up and look around if you want to. If you're here today and that's for you, begin to call out to God. Cry out to Him. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, look what I did with my life. You gave me life and breath. Every heartbeat and all I've done is curse you. I've used your name as a curse word. I went my own way. I didn't acknowledge you at all. Oh, God. But now I long for you. My heart pants for you. I know that you're the way, the truth, and the life. I know that I know that I know that I know because your spirit has been talking to somebody this morning. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who needs to hear this? Make it right today. Hear me? If you need us to help you pray, we'll pray with you. All you got to do is surrender. The night I got saved, I'll never forget it, Kurt. I was sitting there in a little single-eyed trailer in Cold Iron, Kentucky. Man, I was so miserable. God was dealing with me. The devil was telling me I was 19, almost 20. You can't live it, man. You're going to lose all your friends. You can't quit getting high. You can't do it, man. All of a sudden, the glory of God came all over me. And God spoke to me, and he said, ask these people to pray with you. Because I didn't know how to pray. And I looked... Margie Lee was said I was glowing like a light. 
And she said, do you want to pray? And when she did, I just fell. I just fell on my face in the floor. I didn't know what to say. But I, I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered it all to Him. Tonight, oh God, I don't know who today, who am I talking to? I'm talking to somebody. Who am I talking to? Who? If you don't respond today and you die and go to hell, this sermon will echo for over and over and over and over and over throughout eternity. You know you rejected God. Just surrender, everybody on your feet. Nobody looking around, nobody running out. Let's take a a moment right now. Let's just take a moment and set our affections on the Father. Can we do that? Don't ask Him for anything. Don't ask Him to fix your problems. Don't ask Him to solve all your problems. Don't ask Him for anything. Love Him because He's God. Can we do that as they play and sing? Come on. Father, I long for you. We thirst for you, God. Oh, God, we pant for you. You, not your stuff, not the miracles, not food and raiment, not jobs and cars. You, you, God. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us again next week as we tackle real life together.